Welcome back, round seven uh, podcast coming up soon, and some of the topics I'll be talking about, it gets a little bit away from just our uh, rank and file tips. Still, I myself will be um, yakking on about, I don't know how we got to this, but the 1989 Balmain Tigers and their, their grand final. Uh, Gary Jack uh, is uh, spoken about. Jonathan Thurston, does he need to win a comp to be included as part of the greats? We talk poker and players wearing suits to the football. It is a kaleidoscope of topics uh, this afternoon. And we do it for sportsbet.com.au. Now, they've got a couple of specials this week. The usual uh, five-leg multi on the NRL if one leg fails. Cash back up to 100 bucks. Now, they're on head-to-head bets. So if you have five or more legs, only one fails. Cash back up to 100 bucks. And on the Knights Eels, they've done this for a few games. If your first try score or selection doesn't score the first one, but does score at some stage during the game, cash back up to 100 bucks. But you just got to make sure that's the first bet you have on that market. So if you're going to have a couple of bets on that one, make the first try score your first one, and then do your other investing as normal. All right, this is a long extended podcast, so we better get to it. This is the Rush Hour NRL Preview. Well, here we go again, and uh, Peter Sterling, one of us is very chirpy, and I make no apologies for that. It's been a very, very fruitful week on the punt. And this is an unashamedly punting podcast, so, uh, you know, uh, I have no qualms in saying that uh, Jordan Spieth made uh, Dan a very happy boy on Monday, and then there was a little poker tournament yesterday, uh, so it's all coming up Millhouse at the moment, Sterling. But you just told me off here as I say hello. You didn't have a bet on the golf, but we, we spoke about it. I thought you were, you were in on this. Yeah, good afternoon, Dan, and congratulations. You're living the life, aren't you? Uh, as I've said before, when I grow up, I just want to be you. Um, no, I didn't have a bet on the golf, and I, I would have had something, as I mentioned, on Jimmy Walker, and he was disappointing. Mm. I, I don't, look, I, I find it hard to warm to, to Jordan yes. Spieth. Yes, I And I, I find it difficult to bet on people or horses or whatever, that I sort of, you know, don't sort of have a great affinity with or, or have a good feeling towards. And, mate, he might be the loveliest man in the world, and he's certainly going to be the next number one when it comes to the world of golf. But I don't know. He's just a bit too clean cut for me, Dan. I find something... Isn't that? Isn't there something wrong with society that immediately... Here's the, the perfect specimen of an athlete, right? He's clean cut. He behaves well. He's well-spoken. He's, uh, you know, a clean-cut-looking bloke. He seems like he'd behave himself. Yet I found, and I was on this bloke, so I, yet I found it a struggle to watch. I, you remember when Tiger would win tournaments by 10 and 12, and yet it was mesmerizing the way he would destroy a field. I didn't find anything captivating about what Jordan Spieth did. In fact, in fact, no. I, I've watched less of this year's Masters, and I had a stake in this than I've watched for years. Just kind of lacks some personality, yes. I think. And um, that, like you say, it's a bad indictment of society when that's the way we look at it, because we should be lauding this young man who, you know, looked to set all kinds of records. The first player to go nineteen under in a Masters. Now, do you uh, want to get that phone call, Sterlo, or are we going no, to pretend? No, it's all right, Dan. You're you're my priority. They they will give up shortly. I would hope. <laughs> As long as it's what not the people okay. ringing me up to say that I've, I've won the lottery and, uh, gee, if you'd have answered, you'd have actually collected the okay. prize because you didn't. No, nothing All right. coming your yes way. Yes or no, there'll be a repeat call within a minute. I will say there will be a repeat call. 
Um, well, I'll go no because uh, I'm, I'm I'm willing that I don't I'm sick of hearing this buzzing in my my ear. So um, let's just get on with it. Oh, okay. If you're going to be like that, no, I'm 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 keen. I, I there was an improvement last weekend, and yes, it was. I yes, feel as though that will be the case again this weekend. So going to the footy here, you were um, as I turn the page. I got off to a flyer oh, last weekend. I, I was I was literally looking at eight from eight after three games or four games. You had I'll go through them because uh, you'd almost undone all the damage of the first few weeks. You got Brisbane correct. They beat the Roosters. You got Cronulla minus two. They uh, they were never going to uh, lose against Newcastle. And now you had the Eels, so that was uh, a boo-boo. But you had the Warriors uh, to beat the Tigers with minus 6.5. Geez, just got there in the... That was... What is it about the Warriors? You can never win your money straight up with them, can you? <laughs> I mean, they, they they concede that try near the end, 26-22, and I'm on the Warriors too, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, that's typical New Zealand. They're going to win, but we're going to lose. Uh, then you got Penrith. Then you got Melbourne. So you're 5-1 and one going into... Um, the match of the day on Sunday. I thought you had the Dragons, but uh, I went to my notes and no, you had the Bulldogs plus uh, one. I went, uh, went the dogs kicking myself. And 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 this is where I do feel a bit sorry for you. You had South, but we picked on Thursday. Once the um, confirmation of John Sutton not playing came through, you made it very clear on air that you thought the Cowboys would win, which they duly did. So you've been a bit unlucky with those, Sterling. I shouldn't feel sorry for you, but um, five and three, and I did five and three as well. So... Um, Hang on, did I get five and three? Let's yeah, go. you did. You did. Yes, you did. Because I had the Roosters. That's wrong. I got Cronulla. Got Gold Coast. Got Warriors. Missed out on Manly. Got Melbourne. Oh yeah, I got the Cowboys. Okay, so five and three. Five and three. So that so leaves you twenty-two and twenty-five. So you're inching back towards parity, and I'm twenty-three and twenty-four. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll be well and truly the other side of even Stevens very, very shortly. You confident about this week? Uh hard week, I reckon. It is a difficult week, um, and I guess uh, you know the surprising thing now is we're a quarter of the way into the season. That with these two Friday games, I think before a ball would, was kicked, you would say, "Oh well, gee, Bulldogs taking on Manly on a Friday what night. A game. That is going to be the game one, without any doubt." And St George Illawarra and the Broncos, yeah, it's a nice game, but it, it'll take second rating towards that. Well, hasn't that been turned on its head? And. That- We'll start there. Uh, Dragons Brisbane. Dragons outsiders at Cogra, two dollars twenty. Brisbane a dollar sixty seven. Both come in on winning streaks. Obviously, the Dragons have won their last four, and there is just a wall of steel there now at um, at the Red V. And the Broncos, uh, what a performance last week against the Roosters. Thoroughly, de- while I was up there, Sterler, they thoroughly deserved that one from my angle. And um, uh, yes, they needed Golden Point to get there, but they were fantastic. And with that in mind, Sterlo, I'm taking the visitors uh, at Cogra. I hope they get a big crowd. I think they will get a big crowd, actually. I think Brisbane might draw a big one tomorrow at Cogra. So it's going to be a great atmosphere game. Um, Brisbane minus 2.5. So if you want the Dragons, you get home ground and you get some start. And they will have a big crowd there, Dan. Uh, I think you'll find that the supporters have been turned around after baying for blood earlier in the season after their uh, ordinary performances in the opening two rounds. But I like the Brisbane Broncos. They do travel well. They are a side that has now won five in a row, and not many teams are going to do that this year, although, of course, the Dragons have that opportunity if they prevail in this match to uh, to come up with five in a row. But 
I like Brisbane. Uh, yes, that is it seems seemingly an impenetrable wall that the Dragons are building up defensively, but you know, Ben Hunt, Anthony Milford really starting to look good together, and I, I like the strike power. The likes of Gillette and Glenn uh, coming off the um, offloading of Corey Parker. Maguire, you know, has been mentioned this week, is on the point of origin. McCulloch has re-signed. All good things happening at Brisbane at the moment. See, I've got this theory here, and uh, this might be the dumbest thing in the world, but these are big game players, so playing in front of a big crowd won't bother them at all. Um, and, you know, Thiday's and Parker's and Hodges, they've all played in big stadiums. I got this feeling that it's a rarity to play a Sydney Suburban game in front of a packed house. It's going to be a rare atmosphere. I think they might feast on that. That that's going to be that's going to really buoy them. So, uh, but I, you know, the, on paper they're probably slightly the better team. But um, but the Dragons, sixty four points in six games conceded. So um, you know, if they were to keep Brisbane out, you wouldn't be surprised. So we've both got Brisbane there. Now the second game, Canterbury Manly. How the hell do you pick this one? Canterbury dollar eighty, Manly two dollars. Canterbury minus one point five. Uh, the over under, by the way, thirty seven and a half. Um, Manly has lost its last eight away from Brookvale, but how do you how do you take stats into a game like this when you've got these two sides that are so affected? I've gone Canterbury, but with no confidence whatsoever. Yeah, I've gone Canterbury as well, Dan. And again, I'm a bit like you. I I expected better from them last week. I thought that they would rise to the occasion, and they were found wanting. Um, I looked through the lineups, and I think that you know on paper. The Canterbury side looks stronger, but unfortunately the game, as we've pointed out so many times, the game's not played on paper. Uh, Jamie Lyon is back for Manly, but again, mm-hmm. they lose a couple of players. They use they use, they use lose young Trebojevic, try saying that a hundred times quickly. Um, and also, uh, the um, the back rower, Jesse Senna-Lefeo, got a clean break through his collarbone, Oof. like straight through. So, um, again, they're, they're looking for their depth to cover them well in that department. But I, I'm going to go Canterbury, but, boy, that's, you know, if, 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 if the dogs get home, I'll be feeling really good about myself because I don't know which way to go. <laughs> uh, yes, and, by the way, uh, you're already one up on me because that person didn't repeat their call. So, there you go. Gold Coast Penrith. Um, Saturday afternoon, Rabina, where the Titans have lost 11 of their last 12. So home ground is almost non-existent. Uh, but they're starting to show something, aren't they? They give up. They give up one and a half. And the over-under is 40 and a half. So Penrith again with Coruscant and John as their named halves. So very much a different side that we're used to against a Titan side that uh, they didn't beat Parramatta. They thumped them. So who are you saying gets the one and a half star here? Dan? Gold Coast are giving it, so you get one point wow. five if you want Penrith. Okay, uh, look, they were great last week, the Titans, but I didn't think that. Uh, in fact, I thought they'd be getting a bit of start from Penrith, who I thought were pretty good as well, uh, despite some troops down. No, I, I like Penrith here. Okay. Um, um, you know, Elijah Taylor, the fact that he's not on the sidelines for an extended period is a big plus for them. Tyrone Peachy coming off the bench has been great. Young Coruscant seems to be. Performing well against alongside Isaac John in the halves. Um, yeah, no, I like what I said there. What about this Wonga Blake? Isn't he a specimen? The centre. <laughs> he um, he looks something. Well, we've always known that, that he's had wraps on him. But uh, this Gold Coast Titans side, um, you've got to like what you've seen the last couple yeah. of weeks. I still find it hard to warm to them. They're 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 a little bit like Jordan Spieth for me. I just can't warm to them. I, I... Um, I'm, I'm I'm going for. 
Yeah, I'm going to go for Sergio Garcia, the Panthers, who got a bit of flamboyance about them. Um, but having said that, I don't think Sergio's ever won a major, has he? <laughs> I, might have, I might have backed myself into a corner. I'm there. taking the major. I'm taking Spieth. I'm taking Gold Coast. Uh, okay. I just and you're giving me one and a half. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you can have your one and a half. Mate, one and a half. You might as well. It's, it's, it's basically you're picking a winner and a loser. Now that I've said that, it's going to be a one-point golden point game. We know that. No, I just think that they lost to Penrith uh, 40 to nil in Bathurst, but that was with a totally different team and uh, Saud was playing and the three. You know what, Dan? Yes? I'm, I'm, happy for you to, I'm happy for the Gold Coast to win by a point. I'm happy, I'm happy for you to, to tip the winner, but I'm, I'm happier to be getting one and a half off so, you and sneaking home by half yeah, a point. Yeah, what I like about Sterlo, what I like about these podcasts is people get to see the real you. So that's something you would normally say. Yes, like like not only do you want to win, but you want to make it as painful for the other guy as possible. Right, when you've got someone down, you, you keep them down. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my, my heel on your throat. I'm, I'm looking to get serious after six rounds. Well, you're one behind, Sterlo. You're behind, the, the expert is behind the commentator. North Queensland, New Zealand Warriors, uh, over under 42 and a half. This is in Townsville. The Cowboys $1.35. The Warriors $3.20. Now, it's a heavy start, Sturlo. Eight and a half. Will that make you think about this? Eight and a half to the Warriors? Yes. Oh, boy. That makes me think. It makes me think long and hard. Eight and a half. I'm gonna, yeah, look, I'm going to... Oh, Cowboys, big second half. Wasn't very confident. Spoke to Jonathan Thurston last night. He's, he's like loving life at the moment. No, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give up the eight and a half, Dan. I'm going to give up the eight and a half because it is up there, despite the fact they've gone down in the opening couple of games at 1300. But uh, the Warriors, they don't travel. They don't travel. Eight and a half. No, eight and a half's good. I like that, see. You got to see the mind. You heard the mind ticking over, and then he convinced himself, and then he was sure of himself. They don't travel, the Warriors. Uh, They've lost. Here's the quirky stat of the day. The Warriors have only won one of their last eight when it's 23 degrees or warmer, Sturlo. <laughs> and, uh, well, that uh, doesn't help unless we know what the temperature is going to be uh, come Saturday night. Yeah, I think, is it, well, the, the forecast is for 27 by 5.30 p.m. on Saturday night. What happens if there's a, a, a late southerly change and, it, and they, when they kick off, it's 22 degrees? The low, about oh, well, <laughs> the low is 23 so, I, but in, in saying that, the cow, I just can't see the Cowboys coming down to Sydney, winning against Penrith again, and then against South and against Penrith, and then sort of letting that go. I, you've got to think there's some momentum there now. So, Cowboys, for me, we've agreed on three of the first four. Now, this is the match of the round for me, um, and it's stuck on a Saturday night. Um, so, this will be a good 7.30 Saturday game on Fox. Melbourne, Sydney Roosters... And Melbourne's a dollar ninety-seven. The Sydney Roosters a dollar eighty-three. Thirty-seven and a half is the over/under. And the Roosters, if you want them, you've got to give one and a half point start. Remember, Billy Slater not there for the Storm. Yeah, but boy, doesn't Cameron Munster look like he's got a future? And I thought he was tremendous in the number one position for Melbourne last week against Canberra. Uh, scored a try and was was dangerous in all aspects of the game. Um, this is my lock. Lock of the week. No, but I'm, go- I'm going under 37 and a half. Okay. I'm thinking that these two sides, uh, tremendous defensive sides in these kind of games. Like, this is a quality, high-profile game. 
they're both going to be right on the mark here, and and that means defensively, it kind of reminds me of the old Roosters Manly games where you know we score saw one or two tries scored in the entire encounter. It might be a little bit the same here. I'm going to go the Roosters. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, um, I, I Billy Slater's absence is a is a big motivator for me, and I think the Roosters who now have lost two in a row, I just can't see them losing three in a row. I know it's at Amy Park. Uh, I know it's against the Melbourne Storm. Um, and I know they've got a couple of troops missing as as well with Sam Moe and, and Aidan Guerra not there. Of course, no Blake Ferguson as well. But I like their bench. And I think that uh, I think they might sneak home just giving up that one and a half. See, I've gone the other way because Sam Moe is out and he could be one of the most underrated players in the comp. And, um, and also, I just have this memory of Melbourne... Um, Getting over the top of the Roosters over the last couple of years um, under Trent Robinson um, with similar lineups. I know Billy Slater's not there, obviously, um, but I'm going to take Melbourne with plus uh, plus one and a half. But that is yeah. Gonna... T- Takiyaho comes into the run on side for the Roosters. I wouldn't be surprised if if Trent Robinson makes a a late positional change. I, I wouldn't be surprised, Dan, mm-hmm. that Walt Dylan Napa is named in the run on side. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe even young Kane Evans or Isaac Liu comes into the run-on side so he can bring Napa off the bench. Um, that I don't know starting why Rhea Hargreaves and Napa is is the ideal way to go because when they bring Napa off the bench, it maintains what they've already yes. established. Yeah. So I, I kind of think that there might be a late change and, and, um, I, and I would like to see that from the Roosters. But I think Trent Robinson probably knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a fair uh, record. I'm just trying to bring up here uh, on my little stats sheet uh, the previous results of um, the last two, two... Oh, hang on. The Roosters beat the Melbourne Storm twice last year. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Melbourne uh, Roosters beat Melbourne 24-12 at the footy stadium and Roosters beat Melbourne 32-12 in Melbourne. I bet that was probably during Origin, I'm going to guess, because it was on June 8. Yeah, uh, and then Melbourne be. beat them the year before. So, uh, what, what about if it's eighteen, sixteen degrees down there? Can, does that, does that, can I get anything out of that at all? I haven't seen that. I haven't looked into those stats, still. Though, I haven't done That's my right. due diligence. Tigers, the roosters, the, the, the roosters, they're they're the latte set. They'll they'll be well rugged up. They'd they'd have Armani coach to take down there, wouldn't they? Tigers, you can't wear them on the field though. Tigers versus Canberra. Did you ever? Did you ever have to wear a suit to the football? I remember the Roosters brought this in uh, in the early two thousands. Well, I think they were the first ones to do it regularly, and then South quickly followed suit. I did when I was in England, Dan. When um, when I played for Hull, and I and I liked it. Mm. I, I thought it was a I thought it was a really classy way to go about it. And um, if I was coaching in the NRL, which will obviously never happen, that's how I would want my players to turn up. Um, looking resplendent, looking as one, and um, unless it's uh, unless it's a, an away trip where you know you travel in tracksuits or whatever, but I think I think wherever possible, suits to a game is 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 a really good look. And do you think uh, you know we, should, we need an exp- a psychological expert on this, but that it actually when you put a suit on, you feel like you're ready for work. Yes, yeah, and I think I think you feel important. I think you you feel professional, um, and again, I, I look at uh, a lot of the English Premier League sides when they arrive, and I see Manchester United arriving or Liverpool arriving um, in in suits. They look they look like they're world class, 
and um, I, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a really positive thing for a team. How's Liverpool going? Uh, well, okay, we had a good win on the weekend. Um, the, the, the team we now have in our sights for a top four position is actually Manchester City, which is quite remarkable. They've mm. uh, they've had a really poor finish to the season. There's only about six or seven games to go, Dan, so we're running out of time. We're four behind. But a good 2-0 win over Newcastle last weekend with my son, Raheem, uh, scoring a very nice early goal with some clever footwork. And I again point out, he's adopted. <laughs> I was going to say. I'll leave that alone. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, do they play Manchester City in the, in the last six? Um, I don't think so. I think they might play Chelsea, but so that, that, mm. would be, um, that would be the game that could decide a lot of things. Manchester uh, even City, Even when it comes to them winning the title. Manchester City play Chelsea. No, I think I think Liverpool oh, okay. may. Well, you want Manchester uh, City to play all those sides. Well, no, they they played last weekend. Manchester City played, played Manchester Derby. United last weekend in the Derby, and uh, City got beaten four two. I think. It oh, yeah, no, what's that one? Oh, what's that yeah. one? Um, Tigers Canberra. I find this the most interesting market because the Tigers are only a dollar forty. I understand it's Leichhardt Sunday afternoon. Canberra's two dollars ninety-five, and the start is a whopping seven point five for the Tigers over under forty-two and a half. I'm taking that seven and a half still. Canberra are grossly underrated. Um, they almost beat Melbourne last week. They can get into a bit of a grind. I, I I like Canberra. I'm sorry to keep asking this question, Dan. Who's getting the seven and a half start? The West Tigers are giving, so Canberra plus seven point five. I thought you said getting. I was all over that. <laughs> Um, and you know what? Um, I'm I'm still all over that. I'm going to take West Tigers giving up seven and a half. I am a Canberra fan. Um, very unlucky not to have won last week. In fact, unlucky not to have won a couple of more games this year. But Leichhardt Oval, oh boy, that's that really plays into the Tigers' hands. And I think there's a bit of confidence in the Tigers' camp, despite the fact they're, they're coming off a loss. In fact, they've lost three of their last four games, but they played better than that. Yeah, I can see them winning, but I just don't know if they'll blow Canberra out of the water. Newcastle, Parramatta uh, at um, Hunter. Newcastle's got an incredible record over them. Uh, seven straight wins, five in a row at Hunter. $1.50, seems a bit long to me. $2.60, Parramatta. You're only giving six if you want Newcastle. So it's a converter try the start. The over-under, 40-and-a-half. Sunday afternoon. Remember Joey off? It Was it off here or on air? Just said, Newcastle, daytime, love it. Okay, so Parramatta are getting six here, a converted try. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my team here. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think that after the, the dismal efforts of the last two weekends that this is the game, this is the line in the sand game for Parramatta. And maybe some, to some degree to Newcastle too. You know, both these sides come in with two losses alongside themselves. And, you know, really, um, you know, Newcastle have, have come back to earth a little bit. Um, I don't know if I go along with the belief that maybe they're just a, a fair-weather football team when it comes to the actual conditions. And once the rain started falling, it didn't uh, help their, their cause. But I just think if Parramatta are going to be a top eight side, as I thought they would be at the beginning of the year, that this is the kind of game that they have to win. Yeah. And as I say, it's a line in the sand. There's no Bo Scott for the Newcastle Knights. Um, plenty of players missing for Parramatta as well. But this is the game. This is the, the, the stand up and be counted or 
no, um, we're going to be down the back of the bus. So Parramatta plus six, Newcastle minus six. You saw the night. You called the Knights last week, didn't you, for nine? That yeah. were awful from what I, what I heard. They were. They, they would, you know, it was a tight game, but they were never going to win it. And it was just a matter of time for, before Cronulla grounded out. And um, I, I thought, and look, I have to say that certainly the conditions didn't help Newcastle because a player like Dane Gagai, uh, he was anonymous, hardly touched the football. Mm. Uh, Joey Leilua came in and got involved, but a lot of that was defensively. You really didn't cite Uate, um, those dangerous centre pairings. Uh, Tyrone Roberts is struggling at the moment, um, and, and that puts a lot of pressure on Jared Mullen. So there wasn't a whole lot to like about Newcastle last week, but having said that, the second half performance from Parramatta against the Gold Coast, you know, I'm showing a fair bit of bravery here to stick with them after that. What, what happened? <clears throat> what happened? Well, they, they made a couple of errors early on, and I have to say Corey Norman, who I've had a huge rap on, uh, was probably the main culprit. He gave away, uh, he tried an offload which went to ground. The offload was never on. Soon after, followed by a kick downfield, and after the tackle was completed on the Gold Coast player, ridiculously tried to drag him back into the in goal. It was an obvious penalty. Then gave away another penalty, and then instead of getting a, a you know the opposition coming out from their own line, all of a sudden the Gold Coast were down attacking, and James Roberts stood up a man, and and from that moment, Parramatta were never in it. That it turned on a dime when I thought that at halftime they went in with the momentum and I thought, well, I'll win this game. But just on the back of a couple of penalties and a couple of silly offloads, Parramatta, um, and the thing that concerned me were the heads down the last 20 minutes. The heads mm. went down. So I'm showing a lot of faith here, but um, I'm hoping it's justified because this is a huge game. I know it's only round seven. This is a huge game for the Parramatta Eels. Now, uh, let me go back quickly. James Roberts, how many times he intercepts and goes the length? Now, we understand he is probably the fastest guy in the comp if he's not he's very close too. So you give him you give him a start, it's over. But the intercepts, is that an innate quality or, you know, has there been a bit of luck that's gone into those first six weeks? Well, there's no luck um, because you've got to put yourself in a position that's, to that's take. That's thinking. Yeah, but, you know, what, what I will say, it's a really dumb thing to throw a long pass when James Roberts is in the vicinity. More than once in a game, too, I might yeah. add. Dan, if there are some things that you just do not do, you do not throw a long pass when James Roberts <laughs> is on is on that side of the field. And um, uh, if, if they're a smart football team, that whoever's playing the Gold Coast Titans, and we've already done that game, uh, there is no way known that you are going to see a side like Penrith throwing long passes um, with Roberts lurking. All right, we get to the last game, Cronulla South, and uh, we've been a bit hamstrung by these Monday nights because there are late changes that um, obviously we can't foresee five days out. Cronulla, $2.25, South $1.65, and minus 3.5 is the start to South. So they're giving 3.5. If you take Cronulla, you get 3.5. And, and, um, and by the way, yeah, we're... For those new to the podcast, we we pick on the starts. We don't pick on the actual winner and loser. And the over-under is 38 and a half. I've got a lock in this game, but let's get to you. Uh, another one where the handicap has got involved here, Sturlo. And um, with injuries, we've got a very hard game to pick. Yeah, I'm very tempted, very tempted by the Sharks. They, they've done the right thing by me the last couple of weeks. And it is at Ramondas. It is a Monday night. 
You can bet your life it'll be ordinary weather because that's just a given. That's right. Um, and the Rabbitohs' performance on Monday night, boy, did that leave some to beat his eye in that second half. Eh? Uh, when was the last time we saw a player run through untouched the middle of their ruck yeah. uh, in the opening stages of a of a half of football? Uh, they were still in the shed somehow. And, they, and to be honest... They really never re-emerged. But then again, Jonathan Thurston was on a roll, and when he's on a roll, North Queensland are on a roll. But there was danger signs. Um, and, you know, I think that the reigning premiers here are a little bit like Parramatta. They have to make a statement here. I think Michael Maguire will have, will have drilled them um, this weekend like he hasn't before because he would have been devastated by that performance. I'll tell you one bloke I do want to give a rap to. Chris Grevesmore. Mm. In the run on side, what a, what a young player he's going to be. I bet he uh, plays Origin this year, Sterlo. He's a Queenslander. I reckon they'll throw him in on the bench. Well, they might they, they might well blood him, and um, and he'll do a job for them. But uh, he's one bloke who came out with his head held high last week, I thought. I'm going to go to the Rabbits. I'm yeah. going to the reigning premiers, uh, giving away less than a try start. If it was any more... I'd be sticking with the Sharkies, but the Rabbitohs, as I say, it's 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 time to show why they are the reigning premiers. Yeah, I can't see Souths putting back-to-back poor ones in. And, I and you know, we work with Gallon, Paul Gallon. He's not 100%. Now, every footballer plays with injury, but uh, he was limping badly last. I don't think he's been right all year. Uh, and, I, and I have this feeling, Sterling, that Jack Bird is due not for a bad game, but for a, a you know a run of the mill game, he's had two sensational games. You know, rookies don't you know tend to have three great games back to back to back. Um, I think South, but my lock of the week still, and I reckon you're with me on this one. This is an unders game. Lock of the week. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, the, the one thing I do want to see out of this game, Dan, is how again. Uh, they use Ben Barber in relation to Michael Gordon. Mm. Now, you know the rap I've got on Michael Gordon. Yeah. When Ben Barber came into the game last week, Michael Gordon would have sat on the sidelines for something like 50 minutes, I reckon. That, that's and, a winger sitting on the sideline. And a quality player who has played Origin, who I think is one of their best attacking players in the lineup, And he would not have come back on the field if Ben Barber hadn't have limped off late in that game. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's yeah, Shane Flanagan. He's got some decisions to make. If I'm Michael Gordon... I'm not impressed by what I had to endure last week, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. So, what did he? So, you watched this game while you were there. So, when Gordon was off, did he have Barber at fullback and Holmes on the wing? That's right, and they swapped around a little bit as well, and it worked very nicely. Ben Barber played well; he looked really dangerous. Valentine Holmes looked good. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I say, I've got a huge rap on Michael Gordon, and I was probably a little bit surprised that Michael Gordon was was moved out of the fullback position. Uh, to accommodate Valentine Holmes. But again, they swapped over and that looked quite good. But to have Michael Gordon sitting on your sideline, uninjured, uh, ready to go for such a long time, I thought, wow, um, I wonder how this is all going to play out. Could you play him in the centres? Yeah, you could play him in the centres. That's not too specialised a position. You could actually stick him in there and obviously there's a, a different defensive workload. You know, because Beal's fine and Latelli is a very solid player, but not the class of Gordon. Not many, not many have that class. So you no, solve the problem. I think those two players you spoke about, Dan, probably are playing well enough to retain their position. Oh, fair enough, I, then. I, I don't feel as though they should be, um, you know, moved to accommodate somebody else. No, it's 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 Michael Gordon as to how Shane Flanagan sees him in okay. in the relation to this football team. 
as to how the interchange with Ben Barber is going to work. I thought he'd come on at the back of the scrum and just buzz around, but that wasn't the case. Okay, before we go, I should ask you this on radio. This is more of a radio thing than a podcast thing, but I don't know the next time I'll see you. The talk of Thurston, is he the greatest? Is he not the greatest? Here's what I want to ask you. Should a person's premiership achievements be part of the discussion? Uh, yes. I, I, I think... Look, I'm I'm not one of these people who compare eras. I don't really like comparing players. I don't know what is achieved in that in relation to Thurston and Andrew Johns and all that kind of stuff. But I think that I think that for Jonathan Thurston, that the crowning glory for Jonathan Thurston would be to be part of a North Queensland Premiership. Uh, you know, we judge horses by Melbourne Cups, and you know, if you're a stayer and Golden Slip. You know, I, I think that. I think that, that big, the biggest prize needs to be a consideration. Not that I think it takes any luster off Jonathan Thurston, but I think if anybody, let's put it this way, if anyone deserves a premiership in the competition oh, yeah. at the moment, it's Jonathan Thurston. I get that, but this is a man who has dominated origin with players like Lockyer and uh, Inglis and superstars around. He's the guy that has, that has carried that team on his back at times when they've needed yeah. it. So... It is an interesting one, you know. Do you value origin men and the matches and dominant performances versus premier? Because with premierships, you can obviously make the argument. Well, let's be honest; their team is solid, but it's never been a premiership worthy team. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, look, it is interesting. What is he played thirty origin games in a row, um, yeah. which no one else has done before? I'll tell you one, what, one thing, Dan. Um, it would be interesting to to try and work out with a player. How many origin appearances he would give up for a grand final victory? And despite the fact that we say that origin is the pinnacle and the crowning glory and all of those kind of things. Well, if you've, you won, it eight, if you've won it eight times, you know, I know what you're saying. What's winning ninth, nine series compared to winning a comp? Well, uh, yeah. A ninth I, series, I if you know if, what I mean. If you, if you speak to players, you would be surprised at just how how highly a premiership rates mm. compared to other achievements in the game. I spoke to Wayne Pierce on my show last night, Dan. Mm. He's still in pain from 1989. Now, has he watched the game yet? No. No, and I actually showed some... Sterlo, um, we need to get... This is what we need to do. For your show, <laughs> we need to get half a dozen of them in the room. Honestly, this is... I mean, you do some out-there things with... Uh, you put the mics on the players and... This is you get half a dozen, pay them, and get them in a Benny, Roach, Pierce, uh, Warren Ryan. I'll tell you what, I'll get the others. You get Blocker in there. All right, I'll get all. I'll get the others. But, but getting Steve Roach in there—that's that, that's your assignment. Okay. <laughs> well, and well, you and du- good luck. Are you two dark on each other? No. E- everyone will do something for a quid. He scares the shit out of me still. So, I understand, but if you say here's a couple of grand. Well, I, I'm sorry, I'm over, but it's not my money I'm throwing away here. But I think it'd be a fast. This is what ESPN 30 for 30 would do: is they'd get them all in a room, sit around the table, and talk about it. Because the Balmain side is far more interesting at that grand final than the Canberra side. Because Canberra went on and they all became greats and they won comps. But to me, the, the the fascinating story is the Balmain angle. It's just gone past the 25 years. I'd get them all in a room, and then I'd show them the game and. You, you know what I'd love to see, Sterlet? They don't even have to say anything. You just have cameras on them while they're watching. That's the story. That, now that, it, I, I, you know, when Benny hits the crossbar, 
Uh, geez, other little things. When Surin and scores. Nick Neal gets ankle tapped by Melman. Oh, when that's he is right. going to score. Wayne Pierce drops the football with the line wide open. What I, what, how about we'll go the whole hog here, Dan? We'll yeah. get the coach Warren Ryan in. And they and can give it to him. We can have a discussion as to about the the replacements of Surinan and Rose yeah. in that game. That's uh, exactly right. <laughs> now, at the time, did you think they were the wrong call? No, not at all. Not at all. Because he was trying game, to win, he was trying to win a game in eighty minutes. If they if they win the game, which they were shandy off, you know, it's uh, it's it's the right move, and it was the right move at that time. It, the game is so much easier in retrospect. You know, it, to to be a what Monday night quarterback. Um, yeah, that, that's the easy part. Warren Ryan made the same choice. And you know what? If he had to do it 10 times a game, he would do the same thing uh, because it was, the right, it was the right call. Ultimately, you know, it's easy to say it wasn't. But at that time, you know, the, the coach did what he did. He, he coached. Um, and like I say, if they'd, have, if they'd have got home, like, you know, for all intents and purposes, they probably should have. Mm. Wouldn't even be a discussion. Well, you will lead a grand final 12-2 in an era of low scoring. But the thing is, you look at the teams now, how they turned out, and it was seen as this unbelievable monumental upset at the time. But look at that Canberra team. Um, Stewart, Daly, Meninga, Belcher, Steve Walters. The list goes on. You think, well, ha- how did Balmain compete with them? And Balmain oh, are a very yeah. good side as well. I understand that. But when you, yeah, you, one, of the, one of the great club sides of all in time. In history. Canberra team. Um, but you've got to feel for the, oh, the Tigers. And again, as, as Wayne Pierce said last night, what hurt most was the fact that uh, they'd been beaten the year before. Yeah. Uh, that was the year Ellery Hanley got knocked out in the game and That's beaten right. by Canterbury. So it was actually that on top of on top of getting beaten in 89 in such circumstances. Uh, so I'll get everybody else blockers yours. <laughs> it's a good idea, though. Good luck. Do it in a split round or in a rep round or something when there's not really many issues to talk. I'm telling you, there is, there is, people would be fascinated with their reactions. Well, I love him like a brother. Um, Jimmy Jack has still got the first, he still ties his money up in the corners of his handkerchief. Um, I'm telling you, pay him, pay him all. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much sure we'd have to get for Jimmy. Put him up in the star for a night, give him a swanky night out. Take him to Bala or whatever one of those restaurants down there. You set cameras up around and you have the, you know, you do it all there. Leave it with me, Dan. You get blocker and um, just finally on Gary. I'm going to stop you coming. Realize, a, forget he lived down. He lived down the south coast when he was playing at Balmain, and he used to travel down the coast road and not go the tollway, so he had to pay, so he could avoid paying the toll. <laughs> I've heard this story. I've heard a story, and it's probably unfair. Well, it might be true. I don't know that he used to hang around at training for half an hour after it was done and sort of just kick stones. And I go, why are you staying? Oh, because my mate, uh, he's, he's about to, his shift's about to start. He lets me, he lets me through for nothing. Oh, yeah. Let's hope he doesn't hear this. He's a good man. I've actually, yeah, we've done a couple of interviews with him. He's a champion bloke, Gary Jack. He's a great bloke. And I tell you what, his, his young bloke, Kieran, uh, was on Fox Sports last week. Mm. And boy, isn't he impressive? Oh yeah, articulate, intelligent, uh, thoughtful, polite, uh, and obviously a, a, a star in in the AFL. And I think would be a star in whatever sport he was playing. But he was extremely impressive as a young man uh, that I met for the well, first time. If you are, I think he's a captain or a co-captain. If you are a captain of the Sydney Swans, you have to be an impressive individual because they've got no dickhead policy and, and sort of that history. 
You have to be an impressive... All those captains, the Jude Boltons and the Adam Goods, they're all just impressive blokes. Anyway, Sterlo, we've gone 38 minutes here, so uh, this is uh, this has been one of the longer podcasts, but uh, we're just about done. All right, Dan. Now no, we're not just about. We are, and um, I look forward to catching up with you and next time I do, and uh, and may your good luck on the punt continue. Yeah, yes. Well, let's see. We've got Brisbane together. We've got Canterbury. We've got North Queensland. And we've got South together. So we agree on four, we disagree on four. All right, well, uh, this has been the Rush Hour NRL Preview Podcast for round number seven. But please, as always, remember, uh, gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Don't bet with money you can't afford to lose. And don't forget the the five-leg multi continues. The um, money back special. If you only get one leg wrong uh, in a head-to-head multi, you get your money back up to 100 bucks. Thanks, Sterlo. Thank you, Dan. Talk to you next week.